For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Last year, there's this place I've always wanted to go. It's called the Oil Sands in Alberta. It's, it's basically the biggest mining operation in the world, yep. if, if you look at it cumulatively. Yeah. So they have shovels and, and fleets of just hundreds of 400-ton trucks out there. Yeah, hundreds yeah. and hundreds oh, yeah. and hundreds and hundreds. And they're always, I mean, Finning Cat, the cat dealer alone, just in that one area, does at least a quarter billion dollars a year. Just, just for them? Just, just for them which is quarter billion quarter billion dollars just in that and they they do half of canada so they're yeah they're they're big money but yeah. uh so we went up there in august and we kind of just went up there and we got into the mine with a, a contractor that was doing work in there yeah but they were running 6015s which are yeah yeah cool yeah but significantly less cool when there's like shovels like that all oh, over yeah. the place and we couldn't, we couldn't take pictures of anything. We couldn't talk about anything. We had to just ignore the operation around us and focus on these little fucking excavators. Yeah, yeah. Kind of fiddle fucking around at the bottom of the bottom of the pit. And I told myself, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to get the right permissions I need to actually yep. capture this place, which was a pipe dream. These are some of the biggest mining companies in the world, no fucking way. It's yeah. like asking Facebook for, yeah, yeah. you know, you work at a data center, like, oh, hey, Facebook, could we post some pictures on the internet? Yeah, They'll yeah. tell you to fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, but we just an hour ago got permission. Oh, there you from go. From Suncor and Syncrude, full, full permission to go photograph and record the operations, which is- That's cool. It's so cool. So you saw it, but now you get to actually bring it home. And so we saw it in, in summer. Yeah. But they're slower, they're they're faster in winter than they are summer. Okay. Because it's sand. So the the trucks get bogged down. So they can't run full speed. They can't be loaded to capacity. Oh, in the, in, the, in the summer. In the summer. In the winter, everything's frozen. Frozen. So they fly. So they're flat out dead of winter, minus forty. Holy every shit. day. And and very little light. You have the northern lights oh, a lot of nights. So it's, so it's dark almost twenty four seven. Oh oh uh, pretty yeah, pretty often. It's far up there. Wow. So uh so it's well we're going out there in a few weeks. It's just gonna be So fucking, how do you dress for that? I have no idea. <laughs> Negative forty Fahrenheit? I don't even I don't even know what that feels I, like. Yeah, like you feel like exposed skin frostbite like immediately? I have no idea. I don't know. Like I've I've never even I've been yeah, like, I mean, like I've zero, been, negative five. Uh, yeah, like, I've been yeah. like zero. Yeah. 
and and that's it's pretty, pretty brutal, miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like your ears will get frostbite in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not like you're not at all comfortable. No. So this is. I don't even know. And then all the Albertans are like, I don't, I don't know. You just fucking dress for it. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah. they're just, but they're just doing their thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm from Arizona. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Polar opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that'll be cool though. It's going to be really cool. Just, and how do you take pictures when you can't have your hands out? <laughs> I don't think you can at least. That is, again, I don't know. I, I need to go. Do some research. Now, now I need to do some research this weekend how on to, how, to, how do we keep, how do we keep the camera equipment. batteries warm? Yeah, I was going to say, and, yeah. Yeah. Because there's, but there's nature photographers that'll shoot in the Arctic oh, and yeah, I'm Antarctica. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. So it's been it's figured doable. out before. Yeah. You got to just wrap your head around it. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we'll be there for a whole week. We're visiting different contractors different mines like this is this was the key to the whole fucking kingdom yeah yeah and i i was so prepared for them to tell me to kick rocks yeah um and then we just today got approval tentative approval for chile the biggest copper mine in the world wow same thing same thing yeah but in chile but but it's 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 it's, so the funny thing is we're gonna go in june or july yep but that means it's winter because it's the southern hemisphere oh, yeah, yeah. and it's up it's 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 up at like 12 or fourteen thousand feet it's almost higher than any other any point in the continental u.s yeah it's so high they have to retrofit all their trucks i was gonna say because the to yeah, run at high to, altitude yeah high altitude yeah it's gonna be just as cold there uh not as cold not as cold <laughs> no no all right because it's technically in the desert so yeah. but you'll have the altitude issue exactly yeah. yeah yeah you have to be medically cleared to go to the mine because of the altitude? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, it's like going to the highest point anywhere in the, yeah, in the U.S., mm-hmm. but maybe not even. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, hanging out there. you start from Santiago, which is around sea level. And then so you're, you're, you're going up and up and up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge change. And I get sick every time I, I increase in elevation like that. I've been so fucking sick. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't matter just, how old you are. You just got to ride it out. Just got to send it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be cool. Um, okay, enough about big dirt mining. No one wants to hear about that. Um, so you, uh, you grew up in the business. Yeah. Like you're, so you've, you've only known the business. Pretty much. How old are you? 27. Oh shit. So we're the same age. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I turned 27 in September. Really? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, so you, I mean, starting from pretty much time zero. Toddler. Yeah. When did your, did your parents start the business? So my dad started the business as a Lance cutting lawns in high school. Um, when he was 16, 17, no, probably even younger. He, he'll say he started cutting lawns when he was 11. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of probably when it did start. Um, he was cutting lawns in high school, um, kind of came from a dysfunctional family and had to had to support himself basically at 14 years old. So went out and got a little push mower and started cutting the neighbor's lawns and then, uh, slowly, you know, finished high school, barely tried to go to college. And it's funny because his parents were, uh, his mom was a nurse and his dad was a chiropractor. So Mm -hmm. no, no background in construction and landscaping. He had a family friend. He was always, he kind of grew up and had an interest in that. Um, family friend of the of his that he kind of was in like landscape construction that he would like do stuff you know little projects with so he started um 
yeah, cutting lawns in uh in high school and then just slowly transitioned into um landscaping and then landscape construction mm-hmm. and hardscaping and then um you know bought his first little mini excavator probably in the uh, early early 80s um and then slowly just transitioned to small excavation you know residential stuff and then um he was kind of doing excavation like only excavation by like the early nineties. Um, and then from there he was, yeah, no more landscaping. Um, the company was still called Tompkins. It's we're still Tompkins landscaping. We have a DBA Tompkins excavating. Oh, no kidding. Yep. So, so we didn't actually change. We didn't do that DBA until about like 2012 or so. Mm -hmm. So in the last 10 years or so, because we were trying to like rebrand and get, you know, more of the commercial reputation. Um, so yeah, he, he, but so by the time I was born, he was already doing just, just dirt work, um, on a smaller scale. So yeah, I started like, I'm, I'm the oldest of three boys. So when I was, uh, my brother's two and a half years younger than me. So by the time he was born, my mom was like, all right, well, you're dad, you're taking, you're taking Kevin with you while I take care of the newborn, you know, the, sure. the toddler. Yeah. And, uh, he would take me, he would change my diaper in the front seat of a triaxle. Um, <laughs> and I have a picture in my office of me running a PC 220 when I was less than three years old. <laughs> and it's, 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 I blew it up and it's in my, in my office and the handles are, are over my head and my feet obviously aren't on the floor. Yeah. Well, my feet still aren't on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I still have like, um, like visual memories of that. Like it was his yard at the time and maybe not that exact day, but around that being three, four years old. And mm. and I guess that's where it started. You know, I've always imagined it would be difficult for the landscaping guy to be looking over at the guy digging the hole, you know, just over there. You, you kind yeah. of drive past and he, he has his excavator and, and you're like, damn, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I were a landscaper, I'd be like, "That is the natural progression." Oh like, yeah, exactly. It, I like that. I want a machine. Yeah, yeah. I want a bigger toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, and and a lot of times people will do their own landscaping. Yeah, and the highlight every time uh, this I have this conversation all the time because it'll be people outside the industry that know I do things with heavy equipment. Yeah, they'll always tell me about the time they redid their the landscaping. And they rented a skid steer from the Home Depot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, it was just so much fun. Yeah, and yeah. I, man. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's that's why a lot of us are here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a career, right? The, like, yeah. You can do that all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was, and then I guess that's where my uh, kind of, yeah, my, my passion for it was, was born. Um, and, yeah, so every like every Saturday, I mean obviously whenever there was a free moment, I was I was going to work with with my dad and started running machines really early, um probably earlier than most. Like, I mean, I was by the time I was 5 or 6, I was like running a machine. <laughs> um wild. Yeah. So so I'm 27 now and I I like confidently comfortably can say like yeah, I have like more than 20 years experience like running yeah. an excavator. Yeah. Um yeah, there's, there's, if the industry is for you, there's a huge advantage in growing up in the industry because you already have, you, you already have yeah. so much experience Yeah, in, in doing what it is you're going to do. Like I started at 18. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what a ratchet strap was. Yeah. I didn't know what the right end of a shovel was. Yeah. Like 
I was a fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. But at 18, you're, it's just second nature. Yeah. So yeah. It's all you ever know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that, that was, and then like, you know, by the time I was in middle school, high school, like, you know, working all summers, you know, all that, any days off weekends going to work. And yeah, I, I, the root of this all now is yeah, still that I love to play in the dirt with, yeah. with a, with all these giant Tonka toys. That's in like middle school or high school. Did you ever, did you ever dread it? Were you ever like, oh. like work? Yeah. No, really? No, awesome. especially back then. Cause there was at the time, like I didn't have much like responsive, not responsibility, but you know what I mean? I wasn't like what I'm yeah. dealing with now on a day to day basis. Yeah dealing with the the crap that comes with it so i was just like i'm gonna go run a machine this is great like, sure bring my headphones and <laughs> go to town i mean obviously it was more than just that you know we you know anything late pushing a wheelbarrow didn't yeah. matter whatever yeah. we whatever we were doing we were doing and um i never i never complained about it or dreaded it or and i didn't have to there was no pressure for me to do that were you paid or unpaid labor <sighs> So that's probably a gray area. I was paid sometimes. Um, there's, there's also a business advantage to having kids. Yeah. In this yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was, I was supposed to be paid. Yeah. yeah. Did I collect all of it? I'm not sure, but, yeah. but, uh, I wasn't complaining. There might be some outstanding. Yeah, exactly. I gotta look yeah. through my notebook. I actually found a note, um, in like something I was going through like, uh, my desk at my parents' house recently. And I found a note from like when I was still in high school. So, graduated 2014 so probably like 2012 and it was like a sticky note with like you know july 2012 like four weeks yeah haven't been like kept kept track of like what i haven't been paid for i was like i should go turn this in mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> 10 years later i um dane cotton dc excavation yeah yeah i've seen his stuff yeah um uh, he 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 posted something the other day. His daughter Annie, so she's been doing chores like yeah, shoveling yeah. the driveway or whatever it is yeah. in Montana, and and she, and he made a, her write out in, in a contract or it, it was an invoice <laughs> yeah. to get paid for the for, for, for her, her chores. And she's like four years old or five years old. Yeah, yeah. So she's this little girl, and 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 he posted the invoice. So it's you know it's written out in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so damn cute. But even something uh, I thought it was really really cool. That well, if you know, if I'm gonna work, I need to get paid. But yeah, as this as this little kid, I thought yeah. it was super clever. Yeah, no, that is, that is funny. Um, so high school, and then you said you went to school. Yeah, college. Yep. So, obviously, growing up in this, and you know, going through high school, there was there was a. I'm, I still ha I'm you know a big big component or a you know fan of supporting obviously not going to college and blue collar and construction and trades and all that, obviously. Um, I was, I didn't, for a long time, I didn't want to go to college. I was like, why do I need to go to college? I don't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. Why would I, I have this in front of me. Obviously my, my parents did want me to go to college regardless of if this is what I wanted to do. That was their take. And as time passed, I kind of, it, it, it kind of, um, it grew on me and then I did eventually decide to go. I mean, they weren't going to, you know, force me completely, but they were highly suggesting it. Um, and again, just, just to have that, just to have that option. Um, so, so I went to college, I went to Northeastern university in Boston. I studied civil engineering. So I was like, okay, I was going into, I was like, I'm either doing civil engineering or business, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of business, you know, major degree. 
decided to go with the engineering um, because that's maybe a little bit closer to what we do. Went to college, and by the end of my first year, like which was my first year, like away, I was like, "This is what I want to do." Like it, like finally, like sank in. I was a gone for a year. I was in, I was in school. I was like, after being away from it, I was like, "I, I this is what I, this is like what I miss. It's what I want to do. I want to mm. go home and be a part of the." family business i want to definitely be in the industry yeah um so i did a five-year program up there they all they offer um you do three co-ops which are built into this the your your time there so it's three basically six month long internships that are built into your curriculum no kidding yeah so i i started my first one um and that's what northeastern is known for wow and and in any industry i mean across the board doesn't matter what you do there that they're this is what they do. And that was part of the reason why I went there. So my first one I did, I worked for McCourt Construction. Mm-hmm. They're up in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it was a big uh, heavy highway job. You know, something, you know, not that I, something that I wasn't familiar with, but that type of, that scale of work, you know, bridge work and yeah. highway work. Yeah. So it was, so I worked for them for six months. And you're working full time. Yeah. So you, you're, you're like, you take a pause from school for six months. That's so, yeah. so cool. Which was good for me because. I don't know if I would have been able to go like semester to semester to semester, like for eight straight. Yeah. Like, so I, I, it was the first year I did three semesters and then it was six months off and then you did a semester on semester off semester on. And then, Interesting. yeah. So, so the first one I did, I did that. I worked from a core construction, heavy highway stuff for six months, just, just doing little miscellaneous stuff, you know, running around. But I guess I got to see the operation, which was cool. Um, did that. Liked it, but I was like, eh, like, I like that I'm in the industry, but I don't know if that's something that I want to particularly do either. Yeah. Fast forward, my next one, I was like, oh, let me try the design aspect of civil mm. instead of like the construction management. So I worked for, I came home and I worked for a local engineer, site land development, site design company, worked for them for six months, learned how to do, you know, a lot of drafting and AutoCAD and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Got to see the the back end of, you know, a little bit more of like what we were learning in school kind of come together with, with calculations and storm order and all this stuff. So I got to see that process and then same thing. I walked away from that and I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like mm-hmm. I can't sit at a desk like and, and draw on a computer yeah. for eight hours a day. Yeah. So did that. But again, all great experience. Um, exposed me to a lot of different things. Third, third and last one. I actually was doing part-time with, I came back home part-time with that engineer again and part-time with the family company. Mm. And I lasted three of the six months. And then after that, I was like, I told the engineer I was working for, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. I was just bored. It just wasn't for me. I was like, I can't, I can't sit here in an office and just draw on a computer. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be out doing things. Um, and and you also have a different sense of freedom being in the family business a little bit you know and i guess i'm lucky for that because a lot of people don't have the opportunity but i was like i I have it i want to take advantage of it yeah it's this is something it's really valuable though if you do grow up in a family business to leave i've found that to be super healthy yeah because if you don't ever make the decision to be there yourself it just sets up it sets up trouble down the road yeah and so what you said is I, I made that decision after being away. Like I wanted to be there. That, uh, that is essential. And then two, 
I always tell people, if you're in school, not in school, it doesn't matter. Just try different stuff out. Yeah. Like, don't go work for one company all of your 20s. If And if you nail it, and this is like, this is it for me, fantastic. Yeah. But especially if a lot of people, they, okay, I want to get into construction. First thing you should do, you should try, uh, you know, uh, uh, building construction. Try civil construction. Yeah. Figure that out. So, yeah, yeah. And two completely different. Two totally different ball games. Some people like buildings a lot better. Some people like dirt, pipe, whatever it is a lot yeah. better. Okay, great. Now, now you figured out GC or civil. You say you go civil, go work for a big contractor, you know, go work for a Kiwit or something yeah. like that on a big, exciting job. See if that's for you. Go work for a smaller contractor yeah. and see if that's for you. Like try different things out. And that's at least like you did that. You yeah. tried out the big highway work. Yep. Nah, not for me. It's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. It's a lot, uh, yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of meetings. A yeah, lot, oh, exactly. That's a lot all, of emails. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not like you weren't out there building shit. No, it was just running around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Collecting. Yeah. Yeah. Tickets and <laughs> like counting truckloads. It's not and, yeah. glamorous in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you tried the design route. No, nah, that's not for me. You know, you, but you had to try different things out. And, and I see so many people, especially young people, not trying different things out. Yeah. And it's like, ah, but that's that yeah that's, that's just, what that time's for exactly try stuff out and it's just as important to learn what you don't like to do or don't want to do yes. that's more important that, that's what i learned in my basically in my five years of school other than yet yeah, going to school i i give the credit to going to college and the program that i specifically did let me figure out what i really wanted to do it's it's cool like i think every program should be set up like that that's, oh, yeah, the, that's the only reason I was squared away after school was because I had, I did, I did, I worked every summer and during the school year at construction companies. Yeah. And in my program, you had to go get at least one internship to graduate. So yeah. you had to at least work one summer, which I thought was great. And yeah. coincidentally, not everybody had a job when they graduated, but in the civil program, you didn't have to have an internship. So these kids, like you saw the difference between civil in school versus civil engineering. Yeah. It's not that similar. No, <laughs> like, not, not even close. Like, Most of school is, is calculus yeah, and differential man. equations uh, and structural yeah. analysis. Yeah, and you're, you're, not, like, you're, not, you're not designing shit yeah, in school. Yeah. It's just different. And you watch so many people, they think they're getting prepared for the real world and for a real career. They're getting fooled into thinking they're prepared. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, you're not you, in the slightest. You have this background knowledge. That's great. And some, yeah, some math background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some math background, which is great. You need it, but you're not even slightly prepared no, without any kind of real world experience. And and I think even on that, particularly in the in the um, educational world of of civil and any engineering in general, I think it's mind boggling that almost anybody that I talk to and and when I went to school, there's no so like day one on the job in the in the civil engineering world is you're going to be a drafter. Like you're going to work in AutoCAD or whatever the yes. equivalent is. There's not one iota of teaching how to use AutoCAD in my five years of school. The only reason people knew how to do it because because 95% of the kids did the co-op program. So they worked for somebody in their first four months, they learned how to use AutoCAD. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. Well, I always find it in, in engineering or even in the construction program, it was, you had to you had to look it up in the book or yeah. you had to know it. Yeah. But you, 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 in civil engineering, you have to, you have to bring your books in, you have to look yeah. up the, the manual and this and that. And you're like, you're just sitting there thinking this is dumb because I know I can Google it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if I was working for a company, they wouldn't want me referencing so, so the big tech doing equations <laughs> that are. Yeah, they would want me to just Google the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I found it really antiquated, which I, I I appreciate teaching the basics. I get that. Yeah, but also it's like I know this is like 15 years behind what we're learning right now. Oh yeah, it, it's so dated, yeah. and I, I could go on and on about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's yeah, a whole, it's a whole other topic of conversation. Yeah. So, so you 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 wrap up school, you go to work at the family business. Yeah. So actually, so probably second or so I was there for five years. So second or third year after really like yeah, sinking. This is what I'm doing. Um, I pretty much self taught and took over all of our bidding and estimating hmm. while in school. How do you? How do you learn bidding and estimating on your own? So we, at the time, were we were kind of tra- just starting to transition into more of like solely commercial work. And this was, I was really the dri- like big driving factor behind that because this is, you know, my parents were like, okay, you want to come into the business? It kind of like gave everybody a little bit more sense of energy because- Were you, uh, was it residential work? Yeah, so he did mostly residential. He had done commercial on and off, but it was, you know, we he did a, you know, he did some some bigger jobs like you know like a, a BJ's and some bigger subdivision work, but it was a lot of smaller residential work. So we were we were trying to get, um, you know, that was my my vision and my goal for the company. Once I you know kind of hit me, you know, say end of high school, I was like, I want I want to grow this, um, and kind of get to the next level. So. We were, my dad is computer illiterate. He can barely take a picture on his iPhone or send a text message. So mm-hmm. he's not doing, and he, you know, he did all that stuff. He did all the, you know, the, the proposals and bidding and estimating. Once he got to, we were looking at, you know, bigger jobs, bigger sets of plans. He didn't have the, the time and the, the energy to sit down and bid a big commercial job so on was, a set of hard plans. Yeah. But was, was he like... So was his bid process like on a notepad? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Yes. Spreadsheets and notepads. Yeah. Spreadsheet. Yeah. Yep. And so then we were actually, we were, we were farming it out. We were, we were sourcing out to a local guy who did site work bidding Mm. and we, we did a couple of jobs with him. We won a few. And so I kind of took, I saw what he was doing and so I learned how, obviously you have to learn how to read plans. Mm -hmm. That's step one. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to Bluebeam. How do you learn how to read plans? I guess that was one of the other things that kind of came naturally. But but my dad, and he'll still talk about it today, he's like, when you were 10 years old, I had plans open at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And he was always big on on just talking out loud, like what he was thinking, looking at, re- even when he was driving a, a truck or running machine, he always was, and I guess I was a sponge. And from when I was a little kid and it just, it just stuck with me. Yeah. So he would like, from before I could even remember, we were looking at plans and he would show me things. And, and then I would literally just, I would just open up a set of plans when I was kind of probably in high school and just sit there for an hour once or twice a week and just look at them and look at different pages and just, mm-hmm. you just, if you spend the time and if you can kind of have a little bit of a vision, most of it's called out. You got to just kind of know what you're looking for. Um, so it's just time. You have to yeah. just, you got to set your eyes on it. There's no way somebody be like, oh, it just because every, every engineer draws plans different. They use different line work, different symbols, different everything. It's so you got, it's something, one of those things, it's like seat time. You got to just 
look at enough set of plans. And that, I think that's something a lot of people don't do. And if, if I were young in the industry trying to figure something out, regardless of where I was, and I didn't know how to read plans, I would be trying to figure out how I could learn how to read plans, yeah. whether that's asking my foreman for an old set of plans, yeah. whether that's just asking the boss, can I just have, I just want to learn what we're building. Yeah. Can you print me out a set of plans? Yeah. Most of the time, you're probably not going to get told to, to kick rocks. No. If it, I, like, I'd be, yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised. And if yeah. you are, if you are, then just Google, you know, d- you know, uh, if you're in uh, New York, you know, New York Department of Transportation. Like, just, just look at, yeah, you can find a- all the all the plans the plan, are there. Yeah, it's, it's all public information. And go through yeah. a plan set and just start start at page one and just start working working your way through the damn yeah. thing and figure stuff out because you'll be better at your job, whatever it is in construction. Oh, if you yeah. can if you can you understand can, plans. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the the basis of of it all. Yes, but a lot of a lot of people don't know how to read plans. Oh no, I, yeah, which is is pretty crazy. Yeah, people yeah. building stuff don't yeah. know how to read plans. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know. Um, so yeah, learn how to read plans, and then got Bluebeam, which is a a two dimensional takeoff uh, thing that pretty much every which I'm I'm sure you've heard of every yeah. construction company in the I think I the world uses that it. program now. I'm never <laughs> going back. Um. So I was introduced to that at um, when I was working from a court, and I was like, "Well, this is a no-brainer. It's three hundred dollar, like one-time buy." Yeah, and it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So bought myself Bluebeam, um, opened up Excel, started making spreadsheets, doing takeoffs, um, and then I we so we still to this day we don't do our own earthwork takeoffs. Mm-hmm. I I sub them out to a company that's all they in Ohio. That's all they do is they do. They do earthwork takeoffs for us, and they do all of our GPS models. Is that so? They do both. Yeah. Wow. Does that work out pretty well? Yeah, because they they need they do a lot of the work for the takeoff that they need for the model. So if I bid a yeah, job, yeah, 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 they have like the foundation of on their end kind of sure. together. Yeah, they yeah. have it. Yeah. So, so I still I still source it out. Um, maybe one day we'll get the the program, but it's very time in, intensive to sit there and do the takeoff. So, so it's like, like ag tech. Um, that's one of them. I was actually looking at the Trimble software, oh. which I think is what this company uses. I don't know what it's called. Who bought uh, AgTech? Uh, what's the company? Who bought AgTech? I don't remember. I don't remember, but I know you. Dang yeah. it! Yeah, sorry, it's not Trimble. It's, yeah, it's a different one. No, yeah, but Trimble. We actually had a demo from. I'm our, sorry, it's a parent company of AgTech. I really apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we were looking at the Trimble software for the takeoffs and. It was just the investment would be fine, not even the money to buy it, but it's like just the time it would can take to do it. Yeah. It was like I spent five hundred bucks or whatever, a thousand bucks, and they do a huge takeoff report that has twenty pages for me and they just send it back a week later. Sure. So it's kind of um right now that works best for us. But do you do you uh, uh farm out any of the bidding anymore? No. Okay, so you guys do no. all that now. Yeah, so I do all that personally right now still. Um, We don't know. We don't sub any of that out. I took over the, uh, since probably like, yeah, like 2016 or so. I've done it all. And that, we used to pay that guy obviously per job to bid. So that was very, we were very picky and choosy and we were limited like, you know, we spent 1500 bucks a pop to, to get this job. Oh, it was just a flat. 
Yeah, it was just like he would just like he would look at the plans like yeah, this is fifteen hundred, twelve hundred, two thousand, uh, depending on like how long he thought it would take him. Yeah, yeah. So to spend you know fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars at a clip just to bid a job, you know that. Sure. That's hard, you know. Yeah. So then once I took took over and we we're doing it ourselves, now it was like you can the volume you can bid is mm -hmm. way higher. Yeah. So and it's all a numbers game, you know. You gotta throw enough stuff at the wall and eventually it'll stick. Mm -hmm. So now we bid, we bid, I bid about a hundred million dollars a year worth of work, um, which is between like 40 and 60 projects I bid a year. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, roughly how many, like how many do you aim to win? Um, like four to five. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, like a 10%. Yeah. 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 Usually by, um, by quantity i'm at like 10 to 15 percent yeah. and by value we're at like 30 percent. that's what that's why i i i spent time in an estimating office yeah i i never enjoyed it because that's what that's it just drove me nuts you'd work so hard on something yeah and then it all comes down to this one date where they pull everybody's and numbers out of an envelope like yeah. dot well, this, yeah. was, this was for dot work yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. commercial resident so they literally have you know, bid opening, pull it all out, and you get you look at it on the computer, and you're like, "We're fourth. Yeah, all that work. Fuck. And yeah. you go over to your desk, all your plan sets that you've Garbage. marked up and tabs on, you've been studying for months. Just throw in the trash. Start over. <laughs> start Another one. Over. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. And watch someone else build that. You know, build yeah. that damn job. Yeah. And I just I know that's part of the game. But I could not wrap my mind around that. Yeah, because it's it, you can go down such a dark path. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, and that's why we got to where we, where we bid the volume and we can comfortably get what we need. Yeah, because it's it's all a numbers game. It's 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 a game of you know statistics and probability to a degree. Sure. Um. So, and that's what we don't do any almost zero public work like sealed mm -hmm. bid, prevailing wage, anything like that. Um, it just doesn't work for us great right now. We end up doing like one or two small jobs a year, but we, it's, yeah, for, for part of that reason is you do all this work and it's just literally a number. Mm -hmm. Like we, we pride ourselves on building relationships with people and meeting and negotiating and going through that process and, you know, yeah, building a relationship with somebody and, and showing your reputation and your and who you are as a company and as people and sell that part of the business and not just you're just a, yeah you just we submitted a bid to the dot and sure we were second yeah. like yeah means nothing yeah um so yeah that's why it's part of the reason why one aspect of why we don't do any work like that um so right now so you've been working in the business for a few years now full-time yeah since 2009 spring of 2019 like officially back yeah in person full-time yeah um, and both your parents work in the business. Yeah. Your dad started it, but your mom's also a badass. Yeah. 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 She's, she's the, she's an, the owner of the company right now or yeah. 51% owner. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she, she, she definitely has a name for herself. Yeah. In the industry. Yeah. Like yep. I've seen, I've seen her all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so explain her involvement because that's a very important part of the story. So she, she was got involved pretty quickly, um, after they got married, which was three years before I was born. So she quit her, her job at the time and decided to come 
help my dad with the business. And again, that was a totally different ball game back there. It was just doing, you know, helping with payroll and paperwork and billing and all that stuff. And then, um, probably yeah, right when we like actually like changed our name to actually Tompkins excavating from landscaping is when she, um, became 51% owner mm-hmm. and my dad was 49 and became a, you know, woman minority owned business. Um, st- still not officially certified through the New York state because yeah. New York state sucks. Yes. You, um, said, you said it, not me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's on her like third appeal. Wow. Yeah. And, oh, like, really? Five years later. Yeah. Six Whoa. years later. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They, yeah. That's and wild. they claim that they have all this money and this, but they have nobody to give it to. It's like, yeah. Why aren't you giving people who legitly are a part of this? And like the biggest thing they were hanging up on is that she didn't contribute any of her own like money into the business. But like, she runs the business. She yeah. she's the face of the company. She's involved in every day to day part of the business, really for the last twenty five years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she's federally certified. Um, because even I know it's like in the in the public sector, there's that part of it. But even in the in the private sector, there's more and more of that creeping in. Where sure. like we're doing um development for a local developer who does a lot of affordable housing which is connected through like state money mm-hmm. and they need to also hit their goals and quotas of minority and all those things so that yeah. was the reason yeah. why um she did that and but and she is legit involved it's not like you yeah. know you hear some stories where people are just they just sign their wife up to well i feel i don't i don't know if it's abused like that anymore because i feel like it they were people were made aware of that trick but yeah, yeah. What, what would happen is so you get you have these minority owned um, business requirements yeah so you have to say award 10 yeah. percent of the contract yeah. value yeah to minority owned businesses yeah and as a woman-owned business you qualify as a minority owned yeah or, exactly it, or disadvantage yeah they're I think it is. yeah there's they're sometimes the same category sometimes they're sometimes, different yeah, yeah. It, 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 it depends yeah. so it's dbe or, or mbe whatever it is um and but but you have to be when it's government money you have to be approved by the government by the, essentially yeah, by the, if it's a, if it's state money it has to be through the state yeah so it would be you know Jerry and Linda so Jerry runs the company Linda has nothing to do with the damn company but they just put her name on paper yeah <laughs> yeah she, Jerry sells Linda fifty one percent of the business they become a yeah. woman owned company yeah but she has no involvement in yeah. the day to day exactly other that, than being married to Jerry yeah and now Jerry can go get this pot of money. That's far less competitive. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now it's, you know, some some people, they do do it legitimately. Yeah. Like your parents are trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's and they're making it impossible. Yeah. So, yeah. So but that, is, is anything easy in the state of New York? No. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's kind of in no. line with everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So she's working on that. Um, and she, yeah, she... She runs the, me and her right now, my, my dad, honestly, he, he runs a job. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, he's basically a foreman right now, mm-hmm. which is what he, he was kind of feeling not sure where he belonged in the last couple of years with me stepping in, taking over my next brother's involved. 
Um, we've grown where we have, you know, foreman field leaders that run their own jobs and their own crews and they're yeah. kind of on autopilot and he didn't know like where to, where to go. So we had him doing different things and, and we all agreed and our business coach agreed that you are going to run a job because he loves to, he, he wants to feel a sense of physical production at the end of the day when he drives around and flounders and talks on the phone. He's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything for the last six months. So now he's out there, he's running a job. He's in bulldozer 10 hours a day, five, six days a week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And he, he's big on the training and the developing. So we, we try to let him, we try to give him new people like one or two at a time and try to let him work with them and show them what we call the Tompkins way. Mm -hmm. Even if you've been doing something for, for 20 years, that might be great, but we do it this way. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's, he's trying to get everybody in the whole company to, to be like that and have that training mindset and culture. Cause we, we bought into that. It sank in a few years ago that like, no matter what industry, no matter what you're doing, you need to train. Mm -hmm. So go figure. Yeah. You said you have a business coach. Yeah. How does that work? Or when did that come about? Um, probably 10 ish years ago. Oh, so it's been a while. Yeah. They, uh, were working. I don't know how they, somebody locally was working with them. Their company out of Pennsylvania and they, they were actually mostly consulting painting contractors. Mm. Because one, there was two brothers. One brother worked in corporate America. The other brother owned a paint, painting contractor. Corporate guy was very successful, retired early. Brother was like, come help me develop the business side of my mm -hmm. painting company. Mm -hmm. Painting company is huge. They have 150 employees. They do like $15 million a year in like painting bedrooms. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah, like when their average job is like $2,500. <laughs> That's a lot of painting. <laughs> Like yeah, for us, of, you know, job do, numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in, in commercial site work, a job that's $5 million, you yeah. need to do three jobs. Like they're doing like thousands of jobs a year. Yeah. So they, they slowly started consulting more and more painting companies and then they, they branched out and now they, they do, um, consulting still like a high concentration in painting, but they've, mm. they've reached out to other kind of trades um so we're one of the few like excavation companies they have some landscapers and um and paving contractors so we've worked with them for a long time what are those conversations like so a lot of different different things um dissecting numbers and understanding your numbers um training developing people how to handle people mm -hmm. um building processes, getting owners, what they call out of the hourglass. Not every grain of sand has to go through mm -hmm. you, yeah. um, building org charts, those type of things that we've been, we've been working on, um, more, more specifically the last couple of years, but like so many different, it's like kind of what, what, what you need at the time and you're assigned a coach and you work with the coach and we have one call a month, I think, for an hour. We go through things. We we have an agenda. We have assignments, so to speak, that we're supposed to be working on and bring back to the next meeting. Mm -hmm. um, they have conferences that we go to a couple times a year that we meet as like as a company. They bring all their clients, and they have different workshops on 
on yeah on numbers on leadership on workforce development on situational leadership all of those different things that they try to work on with you um and that's been a game changer for us because it it's we've learned so much like in the last again takes takes time um i think 10 years later we're finally like seeing the like the results of it it's mm -hmm. not like you're into something for a year and be like oh yeah we worked with this coach and we're like great now yeah yeah i think oh, there's a lot of companies and there's like there's a lot of people like your dad they they just love doing work they love yeah. building stuff they love moving dirt <clears throat> they get this excavating business as a result but the excavating business doesn't operate all that effectively yeah because they're they're good at building stuff they're not yeah. good at operating a business yeah but then at the same time they're on this little island because every excavation contractor it's so it's such a fragmented industry yeah that everybody knows each other but not a lot of people are best pals by any means yeah and so you can't go ask the guy down the street how yeah. he goes how, how you doing it yeah how are you doing it because yeah. well even if i don't bid against you right now i i, I don't know we might yeah. bid against each other yeah. down the road like yeah. everybody's so fixated on bidding against each other and competing that no yeah. one really helps uh unless you get into that kind of upper echelon and you can operate you can talk in different regions yeah, yeah. um so that's that's it's interesting that you guys have a kind of an outside voice oh yeah yeah it's been a big and and we've done a lot of like family aspect side of it succession planning sure. you know how what that's going to look like what what their what their plan is for the next five or ten years to transition out if that ever happens if they want to do that um what it looks like for me and my brother as we get further along. So yeah, all those different things that are not easy. Yeah, those are- And those they take a long time to figure out. Well, even just having those conversations is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's the difference between your mindset and your, your parents' mindset, would you say? Like, what's the generational difference? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, so- I've been fortunate that a lot of the ideas that I have brought forward have been welcomed uh -huh. pretty easily. Um, and I say that like, how oh, I referred to my dad as computer illiterate, like literally can barely Google anything. He had, so I, I've also first learned about GPS on equipment when I worked from a court mm. and they were using it. And one of their guys who kind of ran that stuff was talking to me about it. He was like, you're not using GPS. I was like, I've like seen it in the magazines, but never even like thought to even stop and read the ad. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. and he was like talking about it. And then I was like, all right, this, this makes sense. And then I went home and talked about it. And he was like all for it, hmm. which like you hear these stories of like these old school guys that are like, no way, no how, yeah, absolutely yeah, not. Who yeah. needs that shit? Like, and, um, now when I hear that, I just, I just roll my eyes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. bro, bro, we're and arguing it, about GPS uh, yeah. in 2023? <laughs> yeah. What? And and he actually, he had his, um he had a laser controlled bulldozer in the mid 80s. It was like the first one, like in the area, like that nobody had seen anything like it. So it was not GPS. It was just laser. He was doing like ball fields. Yeah. And you could just set it with one or, mm. you know, two dimensional. 1% mm -hmm. that way, 1% that way, and, and go. It was completely automated. Mm -hmm. Same idea as it is now, but it was like one of the first of its kind. 
And he said people would like line the fences watching this thing work. They'd like get down their belly and be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, so he was like ahead of his time in this weird way. Because when you see him now, like he can barely use a cell phone, but in the eighties, he was running an automated bulldozer. It's kind of uh, ironic, but, uh, so he's always been for like, even though he can't do it himself, he's always been like a big fan of, of staying with, with the times and, mm-hmm. and staying ahead of the times. Yeah. Um, but he's not necessarily going to find the ideas because he's just in his world. Well, exactly. So we, yeah. Yeah, we bring things, I mean, he's he's very ingenious he he has a brain that I mean, he can like think of so many things and he has that vision but yeah like me and my brothers will see stuff online on instagram like oh we gotta try this or do that and he's like that's a good idea that's yeah. really cool yeah um so yeah the, the the difference but back to that um i don't know he that's that's an interesting i've never been asked that one um because like i said i feel like i haven't been faced a lot of pushback on a lot of things so i've been like everybody's kind of like been on the same team in those aspects so what uh, beyond gps because gps that's kind of low-hanging fruit like what are the other things that you've suggested hey maybe we ought to do this um so the gps um we we do that drones Uh, my brother was really big into that Mm -hmm. he was like wait when dji was first coming out he was like just all into drones in general so he we were like flying drones over sites like just for pictures like before it was like a big thing and like we sent them to clients and they were like wow yeah this is cool yeah i started doing it my friend had a drone it was in 2016 so it was still like early days of drones like phantom 3 yeah yeah i think the phantom 4 had just come out yeah and he bought it and it was the first time I'd ever seen a drone before. Yeah. And I would fly it at, at, at the quarry I was at with Kiwit and I would send it yeah. to, to the, you know, the top, yeah. the, the top brass of Kiwit would yeah, want to yeah. see the pictures because yeah. they're, they were just blown. They're like, that is crazy. You yeah. can, you can, you can get these images. Like, how do you, how do you do this? They just don't even, yeah. it's so different than anything they've ever yeah, seen. Before that, it was like the only time you got aerial shots from like a helicopter. From a, hel- a helicopter yeah. plane flight. nobody over. Yeah. Nobody did that on a regular basis. No, 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 no. Yeah. So we had drones and I remember where we were working. It was before I graduated high school. So like 2013, we were flying drones. Damn. Yeah. Like just for pictures. Yeah. And now we're using them. We're just starting to get into them for like the, the earthwork and the that, the 3D drone stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that. Um, we, I, we're, we're in the process of actually signing up for, um, we signed up for equipment 360. Oh, nice! And we're starting with that, but but on a smaller scale, like five or six years ago, we got like all of our foremen are using tablets, and we have a program that works okay for now. It's it's on its it's we're kind of outgrowing it, but to do all their daily paperwork is digital. So we've been doing you know, all and nothing earth shattering, but all those little things that are with the times and sure. maybe even a touch ahead of the times for for maybe even a company our size um yeah so now we're now we're implementing the the equipment 360 we're nice. starting with that nice. we have actually our first call in a couple of weeks or not our, our for first step of part of implementation so that'll be a that'll be a job um and then if that goes well we'll maybe next year we'll we'll do the um heavy job part of it yeah that's that's a whole other animal that's yeah so we're starting with with the equipment 360 sure how many people do you have at the company about 35. 
Oh, that's a that's a handful. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, we have about thirty, and then about um, including the four of us. But yeah, so about all in, about thirty five. Yeah. So it, your brother works at the company now. Yeah. Uh, what about your younger brother? He's still in school. Does he have any interest? As of right now, no. He wants to go into the finance world. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But it might. It'll be. Do you work well with your brother? Yeah. Yeah, we work well. Yeah. Yeah, he came in uh, two two years ago almost. He graduated, worked for nine months in the basement was after COVID, looking at spreadsheets, and he was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even tell anybody he was quitting his job. <laughs> he quit his job on Friday and was like, yeah, I quit yesterday. I'm coming <laughs> to join the family business. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what, is, what does he do? Um, he does a little bit of everything also. He... So we also we also um, have a real estate and development end of our mm. kind of like a sister company that yeah. we do some smaller um, developing. So he he manages a lot of that stuff, like some small multifamily developments. And then the excavating company will do the work. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have any like actual employees on that side. It's all subcontractor work. But sure. but going through the you know process for getting approvals and art, working with the architects and engineers. And he's the next project we're starting now. He's gonna like. He's going to be the the GC point of contact to to get the thing built. So he does that. He handles that a lot of that stuff, or he's he's starting to take over that. Gotcha. And then, uh, well, he'll do a little bit. You know, he drives a truck. I mean, he he does a lot of coordinating, like with the foreman, like material and trucking and equipment moves and and kind of manages that right now. Um, and then yeah, just whatever's whatever's needed. You know, where was the company when you started? A few years ago. Like, is it is it bigger now? Yeah, so we, in the last, uh, like, five or six years have grown quite a bit. We were, we were doing, in the, like, 2012 to 14 range, like, just about a million dollars a year in revenue, and now we're doing eight to ten. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. substantial. Yeah, so that's kind of, so from, like, high school through now, um, we've... We've grown like almost ten times. Has has part of that been? Well, hey, now there's a next generation coming in, so there's a there's a like a definitive long term future. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I was the I brought that energy, you know, and, and I and I I had the the vision and the goal to want to get to that next level and do the bigger jobs, be a little bit bigger company, and yeah. do the commercial work. And yeah, the fact that I was here and I'm going to be here long term gave the buy-in from my parents to be like, okay, now we're going to keep working hard for this as a family instead of just like, well, what are we going to do? Like, how much longer do we want to do this if it was okay. just them? Yeah, yeah. So that has definitely been a driving force. And and then the fact that I literally took over the estimating, that's like what made it happen mm-hmm. at the same time. So between, you know, those two aspects, that, yeah, is what has kind of switched it to longer-term thinking. Have you made them nervous with some of the projects you've been? Um, or has it been gradual? Like, oh, maybe we'll bid this one a little bit bigger. Um, it it it's been somewhat gradual. Um, we haven't taken on anything that's been like crazy, yeah. crazy jump, like in like you know went from a two million dollar job to a twenty million dollar job. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've been we've taken on stuff that we can we can handle. In two thousand nineteen was like our biggest like growing pains year we went from like three million to like seven million in Mm -hmm. one year and that was like just chaos yeah 
it was like we went from like 10 employees to like 25 and it was just we were like we could flying by the seat of our pants 24 7 like we're like just keeping up with like schedules and it was like the most stressful like nine months of all of our lives yeah that's that's how last year was for us in a lot of ways yeah and it just kicked the shit out of yeah me. it's it's scary dude it it takes a toll yeah everybody is so like people that haven't been involved in a business that's growing like that or at that level they just they're they're always like that's that's great and you're like yeah yeah and, and in the back of your head you're like oh is this like, the right I move i don't yeah. know I, yeah, yeah yeah it's just like wolf this is it's scary yeah yeah this is we're yeah we're holding on right now yeah um but you know uh like we've we've started to figure things out yeah and that's, dare i say that, and, we, that, and that's it, until we go make the same mistake again i don't know yeah, yeah exactly and that's <laughs> it's kind of where we're at so now we're like two three years later and like we're doing more than we did that year but like obviously there's moments and there's days that are hard and suck but like overall we're like we're we're fine yeah like we're yeah you're on we're the back not, of like a bowl yeah like, we're not like just like like on edge 24 sure. 7 like not knowing what's gonna blow up not knowing who's gonna blow up yeah. like we're chilling we're 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 getting work done we're we're not like yeah working like seven days a week 14 hours a day it's like we can just work like a normal mm-hmm. normal human beings um what's what's the conversation like at, at thanksgiving dinner so that was a, a big thing we we <laughs> worked on as a family um <laughs> in the last couple of years because it was, it was hard. Like when I was living home still, it was like, especially when I came back from college, there was that, that year when we were like going crazy also you wake up at like five thirty, go to work. You're working all day till six, seven, eight, nine o'clock. Six mm-hmm. was an early day. Yeah. Eight, nine, yeah. more like the normal six, sometimes seven days a week, get home from work at, eight or nine and then what are we talking about at dinner at nine o'clock work mm-hmm. and then what are we talking about as we're like putting our heads to the pillow work and then if oh we didn't work this sunday but what are we talking about work <laughs> so we've we've come a long way as a as a family because that's a, a joint effort um so we we do our best my dad it's 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 his passion it's also one of the only things he knows mm-hmm. and he just wants to just always talk about it which is fine but sometimes it's like all right well yeah we're we're at thanksgiving dinner let's yeah let's we'll talk about that at dessert like sure. <laughs> so it's uh it, it is it is talked about a lot um but we we have slowly learned how to set boundaries as a family and and not talk about work like because that was was draining me where it was i mean there wasn't a second of break sure it didn't turn off. Have you guys ever paused in the winter at all? Not really. It's always been yeah. all year round. Yeah. Um, even when we were s- smaller, and we were we would still have little stuff going. But now we're we're just as busy as we were all summer. So there's there's sure. no real break. Like it's not like we're paving contractors. Like oh, we can like pack up and take a break and work on all the things we want to work on in our shop and in our office and as mm-hmm. a company. It's like. Yeah. And then we always think like, oh, the winter, like we, we still even think that like, you think the winter is like a time to slow down and it's, it's really not. I feel like that's happened for most companies, especially with just where backlogs at right now. 
they can't yeah. really afford to stop. No. And, yeah. and, and then people want their, they like, they know it won't be as economical to build during the winter, but they don't really care because they'd rather they, get something done yeah. than to wait three months. Yeah. So it used to be, or at least I think it used to be, most contractors would slow down the winter, but now it's really, like you said, just paving. I mean, paving, anybody that can't work because of temperature is one thing. In places with a ton of snow, like I'm yeah. sure there's not a lot of construction right now in Buffalo, North. Yeah, uh, yeah, with uh, five uh, feet of snow on the ground. Uh, New York. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, everybody it keeps going. seems like they're blown and going. I mean, yeah. weather too, wa- uh, like water. Yeah, with it, yeah. Like we're dealing with that, it's like just mud holes because it rains and then you get freeze thaw and it's just, yeah. and it ain't going to dry until May. Yeah. So it's that part. Yeah. It's definitely slower, but yeah, nobody cares. Um, like you're not getting paid extra really for the, for the winter work. It's just how your contracts fall and you just keep going and do the best you can. Sure. Make, make our decisions as we, as we need to, but yeah, there's no, there's no break. How's hiring been for you guys? not bad um we've it's not it's not easy it's definitely not easy it's a 24 it's continuous it doesn't matter if we have enough people or not yeah it doesn't stop we're always ads are always in we're always trying to recruit always interviewing um definitely it definitely not easy and but that's part of why we're we've gotten where we are a little bit is because it's just has never stopped it hasn't stopped in years Mm-hmm. Like it just like the ads don't come down. The process doesn't stop. Like we're interviewing people almost every single day. So if someone if someone comes to you, yeah, and they're they're a great hand, you don't really have a place for them. But you say, yeah, hey, we'll we'll find a place for you. Yeah, yeah, especially if we think it's somebody that that might be valuable. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're just like we'll figure it out. What do you? I mean, from your perspective, what do you think about the whole workforce issue? It's definitely an issue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, we yeah. we all know it. Um, and we've we've shifted our mindset. and We're trying to like get the the culture across the board in our whole entire company is the training and developing. Mm-hmm. Like the chances of you finding a guy that's been running an excavator for thirty years that's like a nine or a ten is almost impossible. Like, yeah, we've we've we in, in management level have accepted that. And it's not going to happen. We're we're trying to convey this to our our field leaders and our foreman and our that because they're just like we, we need better people. It's well, like, well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, we you know. Can get that, yeah, you can get that all day long, but until they're bought in on, hey, here's kind of how the world works now. Nothing really changes. Yeah, and and we 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 are slowly getting there, and we we're almost there. Um, and they're realizing that you have to to work with them. And develop them and tell them dozens of times things and i think they finally realize that like that there aren't just like 10 guys sitting on the bench just ready to come in that yeah. are just like yeah. aces so and our our best people are the ones that have been with us for years that we've developed we were um we were we were talking about this today we were we were you know dan who was a former marine he was like, hey, you know, the, the the Marines have always had this recruiting system that's worked really well. And it was kind of tailored to let's find the misfits. Let's let's find the people that don't don't quite fit in because yeah. that's that's the, that's that's exactly who we need. I feel like our industry is kind of in the same place where we are trying to find the people that 
uh, they're 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 not really fitting in a lot of other places. Yeah. But that's not that's not a bad thing. That's that's no. what makes our industry our yeah, industry. Yeah. Everybody jokes all the time. You have to be a little like for lack of a better term, fucked up in the head to be in this business. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's completely insane. Yeah. Um, but so we we need to find those people that aren't you know they're they're not going to be a rocket scientist. Yeah. It's it's a different level of intelligence. It's this, yeah, yeah. It's a different person. Yeah. And it's a person that oftentimes you must mold and and foster into what you need them to be. Yeah. And sometimes it takes 12 times. But I think everybody has needed to be told 12 times something. Oh yeah. Like doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Um but there's just this like I don't know. These people have forgotten. I think they're they're expecting this next generation to learn exactly how they learned. And that is, that's just a flawed, that's yeah. just flawed logic. Doesn't work. Yes. And I don't care if you learned in a superior way. Like that's just not, the world doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. So you can try to apply that method all day long, but it doesn't, it doesn't line up with today's reality. Yeah. No. And until we accept that, like we're just going to be just going in a circle. Talking, so it's, and yeah, I, I go to all these meetings. I listen to all these workforce development conversations where there's, Let's just walk in a circle. Let's have the same conversation. Yeah. Let's just go echo. Oh yeah, we need more kids in trade. Like we need more kids in trade schools. We need to go talk to high school. Like just same talking yeah. points. Circle, circle, circle. No, no. Yeah. We need to do something different. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, and that and that's what we're trying to do on our own smaller scale. You know, is yes internally, and and we're trying to think outside the box. Like we um we work with a local, I don't know if you've heard of BOCES, it's a vocational school. It's like kids in high school. Sure. They want to kind of learn a trade. I mean, it's anything. It could be, you know, makeup and hair, and but they have, you know, masonry and carpentry and electrical, and they have an, they call it urban forestry, which is kind of like forestry work, and like, but well, there's like also growing, like- Growing weed? <laughs> yeah, maybe um, I'm gonna start referring to urban forestry as, as, as growing weed in your basement. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah, um, that's what they call this this high school program um, where they where they get to use some some equipment and they learn. They have a mini excavator and a little loader and that's a skid cool. steer, and they that's cool. The kids go. So we we go in and talk to them a couple times a year. Like the you know because it's a different class all the time and we've actually hired I don't know three or four kids from there and that's one good. one of them is uh one of our best kids and he's been with us for it'll be three years this spring wow and he's he's one of our best guys mm. right out of high school it's it's like anything I mean it's like equipment you spend money on equipment you get yeah. a return on investment yeah. in your equipment but you you know that it's like I have to invest up front to go get this return yeah. People, it's the exact same thing. And yet, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because yeah. we can't see it. We can't touch it. We yeah, can't feel it. And it's hard to figure out where to go with it and how to do it. And Yeah, but you you put an investment in going and talking, for yeah. example. And and we need to do it repeatedly. Once yeah. it isn't going to work, yeah. we need to make this a repeated effort, repeated yeah. investment. But then you just get even one kid that latches on, that you can teach, that becomes something great. Yeah. The return that that one individual can create within your organization hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, hundreds yeah. of thousands in revenue. Yeah, that you just earned from what is a very small investment. Yeah, in the oh, grand yeah. scheme of things. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
and you just changed someone's life. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, and that's like when we go in there, even if the kids don't come on board, like a lot of them, like we're the only company, only like excavation company. They have like all the, like the tree companies will come in because it's kind of like an overlap, but like we're the only company in the area that's ever like come talk in this class. And like, even in general, the kids just love seeing it and like we show all the pictures on the website and videos and they're like wow that's so cool and we're like yeah you could come run that half a million dollar truck when you're 18 years old and like we'll pay a shitload of money play it yeah giant like wow that thing is huge like yeah 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 it's cool uh-huh um so yeah like some of them have no no clue of what what's out there and that's what we're just trying to do our part even and just raising awareness in general and not only for us but just for the for the industry as a whole just just imagine though if every contractor did that there's uh you know over uh, two hundred thousand contractors in our industry how many schools are there i don't know yeah the problem would start to solve itself pretty quick yeah if yeah they all did that yeah everybody did that for yeah. did just just we just need everybody to do just a little bit yeah just 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 yeah. a little bit yeah because then it would it would multiply that's it yeah well that's pretty cool i'll have to well to come visit you guys at some point when we're yeah. up there next yeah time. definitely be cool yeah yeah we'd love to see what you guys are doing then i said uh deets boys are down the road it seems yeah they're like, yeah and, they're within an hour from us yeah, yeah patillo's in the neighborhood Patil yeah patillo's uh yeah they're actually doing another job the one in brewster are they um because we're working in brewster also right now like five minutes down the road really yeah then we're working, yeah, five minutes down the road from their other one. Well, I don't know if they're done in Newburgh. It's Brewster, not Brewster. No, it's Brewster. <laughs> Brewster. Brewster. <laughs> well, um, Bre <laughs> depends if you're in Boston or New York. Yeah, Brewster. Yeah, Brewster. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get up there at some point and try to see you guys. Yeah, that'd be awesome. How do people follow along? Are you on so, social media? Yeah, we're on, we're on uh, Instagram. Yeah. It's Tompkins underscore excavating. Uh, Facebook linkedin i'm not on linkedin a lot i need to be better is your mom doing anything con expo again no are you guys going to con expo yeah i'll be there yeah we'll be there nice you'll be there right yeah everybody has asking me are you going to con expo like, yeah, I'm, yeah i'm going no, to con nah expo. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i'm tied up that week yeah, <laughs> fucking, we yeah only, of course <laughs> yes. i've only known about it for three years yeah 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 um yeah we'll be there we'll be there the whole time we're going monday night through saturday okay yeah you're going the whole time yeah wow yeah okay. we're bringing uh yeah, me and my dad, my brother, and one or two of our guys are coming. Sweet. So it'll be cool. Um, and I guess this is a good opportunity to plug Con Expo. If you're not going to Con Expo, go. Just go. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. You've been. I've been, yeah. I've been going since I'm, um, I think, six. Oh, wow. Well, I've been oh, to wow. like six or seven Con Expos, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's one of the coolest things you'll ever see. Yeah, that's... Um, so a Bauma, there, there are people that took great pride in how many Baumas have you been to? <laughs> And one of the guys, it was like his 15th or something like that. Wow. And it's every three years. Same thing. So yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's 45 years yeah. of going to the same show. So, and, the, and those would be so casual. Oh, I think this is the 15th. 15th. <laughs> 15th. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's gone to one or two more Con Expos than I have. So he's been, he's probably on almost, not 10, but almost. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's been around a while. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going, I would highly recommend it. Oh yeah. No, it's. If you're in the industry, it's there's nothing like it. No. 
can see everything under the sun. And it's once every three years. A lot of people get confused. They're like, oh, I'll just go next, next year. year. No, 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 no. You gotta no. wait, yeah. Yeah, it'll be 2026 the next time. Yeah. And who the hell knows what's what? going to happen in between now and then. <laughs> yeah, you should go now. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hedge your bets. I would yeah. go now. It almost didn't happen last time. They, you don't know what's going to happen. They got damn close last yeah. time. Yeah. Right on. But, well, um, appreciate you coming by. Yeah, and, thanks for uh, having me. See you guys at Con Expo. Oh, yeah.